0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. We're Dirt Radio, and uh, we are the first show, 2018. Did I say 2018? I'm John Langer.
0: (laughs) And I'm Phil Evans. I know you, John. I can't believe it's 2018.
1: (laughs) So Dirt Radio is sponsored by Friends of the Earth, and you can check them out at foe.org.au. I'm sure you couldn't have missed it even over the summer break. There's an estate election later this year. And there's a lot hanging in the balance in terms of environment, sustainability, and importantly, social justice. So we thought it might be useful to spend the next two shows providing a faux perspective on some of the key issues as we roll towards the election in November.
0: That's right, John. And to kick things off this week, we've invited Lee Eubank, who is Friends of the Earth's Act on Climate Coordinator, and also Rachel Linsky, who is Friends of the Earth's Sustainable Cities Campaigners. Good morning to you both. G'day, g'day.
2: Morning. Thanks for having us.
0: A pleasure, a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you in the studio. Um, starting off with you, Lee, so in just over 12 months' time, we'll be, uh, or just under 12 months' time, That's right. <laughs> it's already almost the end of January, <laughs> We're, um, Victorians will be heading to the poll, um, and concern for climate change is really on the rise. Um, the state is undergoing really some profound changes as we move forward, and this election really offers an opportunity for all parties to really step up and show that Victoria can be leader
3: on climate.
0: What is the state of play at the moment?
3: The state of play yeah you know it's it's an interesting time down here in Victoria. Um, and you know the 2011 general election here will be hotly contested. Um, we've seen the Matthew Guy opposition come out with this kind of dog whistling politics um, which Friends of the Earth wholeheartedly reject um, and you know they're stirring up fear. And not only are they stirring up fear around um, certain parts of the the community, um, they're also um, fear-mongering about the electricity system. So uh, Matthew Guy, um, the opposition leader, and and his colleagues, they're always out there talking down Victoria's energy system. They're blaming renewables for everything that goes wrong, even though that that simply isn't the case. Um, And, yeah, they've got a really negative story so what we're trying to do um at friends of the earth is um articulate a vision for a state that works for for people for environment um and for for our economy and you know it's a year for victorian policymakers to to deal with the the winds of change that are that are right here and now and there's a really fantastic proverb, um, Chinese proverb, proverb, I believe, which is, when the winds of change blow, some people build walls and other people build windmills. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to be working with community members to make sure that pollies are, are building windmills.
1: What a great, what a great uh, uh, saying, Lee. That is definitely, shall I use the word, iconic? <laughs> <laughs>
0: For sure. And um, building off the success of 2017, we saw Mm. the rebuild of the Climate Change Act, Um, also the introduction of the Victorian Renewable Energy Target, a huge Mm. win. Yay! Um, How safe are those victories in terms of like, is there cross-party support or is there still some opposition to that?
3: Yeah, look, um, when it comes to defending environmental gains, you know, community organisations such as FOE and and all of our allies in community, uh, you know, it takes eternal vigilance. Um, You know, we have seen the Daniel Andrews government deliver a lot of positive things on climate change. You know, the Strengthened Climate Change Act being one of them, Um, you know, committing to a legislated renewables target and a gas fields ban, both fantastic outcomes, Um, But what we're doing at Friends of the Earth is looking at what next for climate change policy in Victoria. Um, One of the big ideas that we've had is the idea of getting the government to deliver a budget focused on climate change. And this would be a a down payment on, on measures to rein in emissions and to protect community members from climate impacts that are locked in. Um, And we've also got two fantastic um, new collectives that are are emerging. So Sustainable Cities, which is tackling the second largest source of emissions in the state, which is transport, and also the fastest growing source of emissions. And finally, we've got a new collective, the Faux Forest Collective. And, you know, if we're not protecting the world's most carbon dense forests, we're simply not going to be able to meet any of our emissions goals. So um, yeah, we're, we're really, we're, we're looking at what's over the horizon and we're already starting to build power for for the next wave of, of climate action. Sure.
0: And I think we'll get to more on sustainable cities in a moment um, with Rachel. And next week on Dirt Radio, we'll be having um, someone in from FOE's Forest Collective to talk more about the land and water policy directions that um, FOE sees in its vision. I'm wondering now if we can go back to that idea of the uh, of the climate budget mm. and really kind of like you know what does that mean um, in terms of uh, what sort of statements are you expecting mm. from the budget like uh, this time and into the future as the
3: government uh, moves on after the election period? Yeah, look, um, this is this is going to be a long term campaign. It's not something we're going to win in over the next two weeks or few months. Um, you know what we're looking for has several pillars. So firstly, we do need to see the government dramatically increase the amount of expenditure um, on on climate change initiatives. So if you think about it, um, the Daniel Andrews government um, showed incredible leadership with a $2 billion package to to tackle family violence. Mm. Um, And on the negative side, we've seen them investing you know upward of 10 billion dollars in in mega roads so we believe Probably
2: it's more like 23 billion <laughs> there we go <laughs> <And> so <accounting.
3: laughs> so so even even more so you know what what mm-hmm. we're arguing is that we w- one of the core pillars of a climate budget is to make sure that climate change is getting the the attention it deserves the investment mm-hmm. that it deserves um, but there's also two other key pillars we need to see a greater level of transparency in the budget papers mm. so that the community can understand how much of our Commonwealth is being invested in climate mitigation, um, resilience measures and disaster response. Because when it comes to a problem like climate change, prevention is better than cure. So it makes sense to, to spend more on avoiding the problem. And finally, um, you know, there is this this key role for you know encouraging direct democracy and you know in this in this time when we're seeing this you know trump backlash against mm. elites you know it's it's really important to re-engage the community and empower them to shape their own communities and yeah i think whether it's whether it's a citizen jury or whether it's another process community members should be directly involved in having a say on how we're gonna invest in climate action.
0: For sure. Um, Another factor that uh, is coming up is uh, emission reduction targets. Mm, Yep. Um, So we know that um, there's been a lack of leadership coming from the federal government in this area. Um, Do you really think Victoria can be a world leader in emission reductions targets? And what sort of emission targets do you think are, are, are what we need to be setting?
3: Yes, well, you know, some of you might have might have noticed that the um, the Malcolm Turnbull government they buried the findings of their National Climate Policy Review mm. a few days before Christmas. Um, we've also seen, um, you know, trying to sneak it out through the summer summer holiday period. Um, data that shows that Australia's emissions are rising, and that we are we are nowhere near where we need to be to meet our Paris climate change commitments. Um, So it is essential for Daniel Andrews to show more leadership on climate change. Um, We believe that Daniel Andrews should be, uh, you know, trumping uh, Malcolm Turnbull's meagre targets. You know, we need to see more ambition from Victoria than the federal government. And we also need to see targets that really put us on track um, to limit global warming to that 1.5 degrees so, yeah, there's a, there's a clear case for Daniel Andrews to lead. And, you know, this year when they're setting targets for the years 2025 and 2030, you know, this is their the, the great opportunity to, um, to do something for Victorians um, here and now and to also, you know, make a decision that, that is good for future generations.
0: For sure. And in terms of, I mean, we are approaching election year, so it's important what the opposition are looking at. Is it likely that the Matthew Guy-led opposition will fall in line behind the Turnbull government in the federal lead? Or do you think that they have the ability to also stand up and show that Victoria can be a leader on climate?
3: Yeah, look, the opposition, they, they do have... Um poor form on two issues so they have committed to to ripping up our renewable energy target in Victoria which is you know creating 10,000 jobs um, we've already seen Keppel Prince down in Portland Victoria double their workforce to 200 um, and there's another 700 jobs on the way for Western Victoria um, and we've also seen them um, uh, you know going on the record stating that they would allow onshore gas development um, nonetheless, uh, they don't currently have a climate change policy. You know, we will be working uh, you know, with community members to call on Matthew Guy to actually deliver a climate policy before the election. Um, and I think it would be a great uh, electoral disadvantage if they were to fail to um, to come out and, and inform the public where, where they stand on climate change and what they will do if elected.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, in terms of building pressure throughout the year, um, I know the Act on Climate um, Collective meet weekly at Friends of the Earth. Um, are there any events or, or things that people can start doing to start to build pressure on the opposition and the, and the current government and on all parties, really, to um, really step up and, um, and get policies together that make Victoria a climate leader?
3: Yeah, the sure is, Phil. Um, So coming up over the next few weeks, there are a few events. Um, You know, we're really starting the year um, at full speed, hitting the ground running. Um, For people that would like to find out more about the campaign, you're welcome to join us at a Briefing with Bevies, and that's at Friends of the Earth um, headquarters (laughs) uh, down on Smith Street um, on Wednesday, the 31st of Jan. You know, the collective, we're fired up, but we are hanging on to our summer vibes, so Mm. there might be a few few coldies around the place. Um, And secondly, with the Sustainable Living Festival coming up on uh, February 9 to 11 in Melbourne, um, there will be a Friends of the Earth stall. Please drop by, say g'day, um, and find out how you can get involved in the whole range of Friends of the Earth campaigns. Um, And we will be having an event... Um, specifically looking at Victorian climate policy on the 10th Um, and you know everyone I'm sure has the uh, you know are following Friends of the Earth on Facebook so yeah just um, keep up to date with what we're doing and reach out if you'd like to get involved.
0: For sure. And thanks, Lee uh, Eubank. He's the Act on Climate Coordinator at Friends of the Earth, just talking there about the 2018 election and the vision for climate and energy justice that Friends of the Earth have put like forward. Like in
1: Canada and in Australia, they cannot detach. excuse me that's
0: alright have put forward and um, ways that you can get involved so don't forget jump on to actonclimate.org.au and check it out there's a whole heap of ways that you can get involved for a climate and energy justice future this is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, Australia
1: Step three is finding there's a tactic
0: when everyone believes it could be true
1: That if all the people work collectively there just might be something we can do And everything can change
2: Have you heard about the Melbourne Electric Vehicle Expo? Find out what's happening with electric cars, bikes, skateboards, scooters, buses and more It's at the Melbourne International Karting Complex in Todd Road, Port Melbourne, on Sunday, February 18th. Come along and experience what it's like to drive or ride an electric vehicle. Attend focused seminars and tech talks. Entry is free. To find out more, go to evexpo.org.au. The Alternative Technology Association is a proud supporter of 3CR.
1: We're Dirt Radio and we're back. It's 2018 and it's an election year in the state of Victoria and this week we're getting a little bit of an overview of some of the key issues from a Faux perspective. Rachel Linsky is the key coordinator of the Sustainable Cities Campaign at Faux. Welcome to Dirt Radio, Rachel. Hey John. Now just briefly, tell us a little bit about the Sustainable Cities Campaign.
2: Yeah, so it's really come out of this idea of looking forward of how do we tackle the next big issues of climate change here at a state level in Victoria transport being the second biggest sector of emissions and the fastest growing. Um, And many of you will probably have experienced the congestion you feel out on the roads and um, the delays that we're seeing in our public transport as it's really squeezed to breaking point. And unless we start getting on the front foot now, then we're only going to slow down more and more in the future.
1: Now, the campaign is focusing on transport and I guess i'm going to use a term fancy term the ecology of transport because it's a multi-pronged thing for sure and you have a document there which i've read it's online and we'll put up the the details on our facebook page and on on our podcast as well but there's a huge number of issues that you have to deal with and i was i was actually pretty astonished at how many issues what are the for you what what are the big ones if you have to kind of Put them together, what, what would be the first few that you'd be thinking about?
2: Yeah, it's one of these tricky things that there's so many different parts to the puzzle. It's like, where do you even start trying to um, um, get some cut through and, hmm. and tackle the issues? And we actually had a really exciting community uh, workshop at the weekend, bringing together lots of um, people from community groups and um, some academics and um, members of melbourne um and yeah really tried to have a think about where do we start how do we get on board with this and Mm. um and that yeah we're kind of all there to really work on building a fairer system for everyone that's going to protect our health protect the environment um and create a really thriving city and those are kind of you know three things that underpin what we want to see what outcomes we want to achieve um and that said you know yeah, then what What do we do? How do we um, put that into tangible kind of campaigns? And really there's been a lot of um, opposition to these mega roads, the um, $23 billion that have been committed towards bigger and bigger roads. Uh, the opposition is putting the East-West link back on the table uh, Labor's just signed contracts with the Westgate Tunnel, um, as well as both parties saying that the North East Link is a major priority for them um, going forward, um, whoever wins government. So we've got this huge corridor of uh, mega roads across Melbourne, um, and so there's a lot of opposition to them, but there's also a real energy around creating um, what we want to say yes to. You know, if we don't want these mega roads, then what do we want? Mm. And that kind of Um, can be different for different communities and so we want to make sure that there's different ideas that will suit different um, communities Um, and ideas came up um, around all sorts of different things including extending the metro rail system that um, you know the government's already underway with part one but many people don't know that there's actually a part two to that plan that will um, further increase the capacity of our city loop and then um, feed into creating more capacity out into the Mm, suburbs mm. to, to get more people moving. As well as, um, you know, addressing the issue of freight on our roads. You know, how do we move that sustainably? Um, with the port of Melbourne continuing to grow. And what do we do about, um, yeah, other things like small projects around increasing buses and connections to other transport modes and um, where do bikes fit into this picture um, and how does the city look, you know, how do we make sure that it's still um, got that green living space so that we, when we're moving around, it's in a more comfortable environment. So there's obviously a huge um, gamut of different um, ideas to put on the Mm -hmm. table there uh, that yeah, we really see as creating a holistic kind of vision for all of Melbourne that different groups and different, um, you know, areas of Melbourne can, can really be driving over I Look, the I, think,
1: I think it's, uh, of course, it's very ambitious and it's not going to happen overnight, but uh, it, is, it is, I guess, go back, come back to that term I was using, it is an ecology, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's, it's a very, very multi-layered, multi-pronged, Process.
2: Yeah, and it's not just a single fix that you know. If we do this one thing, it'll absolutely
1: free no, everything else. Absolutely up. Yeah. not. A couple of things that went reading just th- through the document. A couple of things that that were interesting for me. One was, uh, as you can probably tell from my accent, I come from <laughs> elsewhere. It's Toronto where oh, I was. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that was very interesting for me was the, the discussion about buses, mm. and I think one, you know, just drilling down into into the a little bit of, of the of the stuff that you're talking about, I think the bus services here are, are massively, massively underdeveloped, underused, and Toronto uh, people do complain about the public transport system, but it's it's <laughs> like, a standard anywhere, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> but. But it's, you know, it's so different. And and so I I, I would use the term rational in a Mm. way. Um, Just tell us a little bit about the vision for buses.
2: Well, I think that we have this interesting uh, perception in Melbourne that Melbournians don't really like catching the bus. Um, And yet many people do catch the bus. It's um, in parts of Melbourne the only transport option. It's a great way to feed into um, the trains and the trams. Uh, What... Um, that said, there's a lot of gaps and there's a lot of areas that, that don't um, currently uh, have any bus options. <laughs> and that really c- creates problems when you don't have, um, you know, pr- transport options feeding into those train lines. Mm. It means people are jumping in their car because mm. a bus mm. for many people is um, going to be much closer to their front doorstep so that they can mm. um, easily jump on there. Um, in terms of, yeah, what that will look like, um, I... Yeah, there's still some detail to be worked out. Yeah, it's it's part of what we want to be doing is that this is community driven and consultation driven, and 2018 is going to be um, a massive year of community consultation. The mm-hmm. th- the government, um, our bureaucrats, our political leaders haven't done that. They have failed to really engage with the community about what transport options we want mm. in the future, and many people are really feeling that and feeling very disheartened and like there's no options for them. And so the community is um, getting on with it and doing it, you know, as, um, as they need to and we're really, yeah, going to be launching a community consultation process throughout 2018 to really go to different areas and see, you know, what Fine. is this vision that they want for their community to move around.
1: Is there, is there um, can I ask where are you planning to go or have you got that, have you sorted that out as far, this far?
2: Uh, not particularly. We've got um, a launch event coming up. Um, okay. So that'll be kicking things off um, in just a few weeks on mm-hmm. February 6th. Um, we've got, yeah the kind of um the the bones of a plan but we need to flesh that out and so we're going to be presenting that at parliament steps at atm on february 6th um our politicians will be just arriving back at parliament house after their summer break
0: oh, wow what a long summer break <laughs>
2: <laughs> indeed and we'll be greeting them to say this is the community pa- plan we've been busy over the summer um and we've done our homework, and this is what we know that the community wants. And we're going to be going out to to test that with the community, um, with citizen consultation um, right. um, forums, and right. then, yeah, they'll be rolling so out through the year. So
1: put, basically, putting it on their plate, saying, yep. "This is what we're doing. What do you guys?" doing about it
2: yeah and we really hope that they'll yeah buy into that and want to support that and um yeah really listen to their constituents that's a
1: that's a really excellent i mean it's an excellent way to go and i think the community is crying out for those kinds of consultations absolutely i'm thinking Mm. going back you know not not to go on too much about it but the the bus system particularly in the suburb outer suburbs Mm. is is a massive massive issue yes yeah and um yeah. Look, it's you know not not to sort of dwell too much on that, but the other thing too, just just to be, we'll we'll reannounce the the event coming up. But the other thing that struck me, uh, another interesting um, proposal, was basically the reestablishment of regional transport Mm. as well which I I think the feeling is that it's really been neglected, public transport in regional areas
2: Definitely, I the other day was trying to see if I could get out to Albury for a a weekend trip and discovered that there were very limited services to um, get out there unless Mm. I jumped in my car and Certainly, you've seen in areas where they have invested in the regional rail link that it's just been inundated and the trains from Geelong, from Ballarat, they're just chockers because everyone's crying out for these options. And, um, yeah, so we've seen that when those improvements are made, they really pay off uh, and there's a lot of work to do, Um, not just in in moving people between those cities, but also within those cities, you know. There used to be light rail networks in in rural, Mm. in regional um, town centres in Victoria, and we've lost a lot of that. So, how do we um, put that on the agenda?
1: Mm -hmm. Tell us about the event again, and just because we're just about out of time.
2: Yeah, so it's on February the 6th at 8am at Parliament House steps. So we hope to see everyone there and you can hear more about our plan um, at the official launch there.
1: And there's a Facebook page. Yep. We'll put it on our website as well, the Dirt Radio page, and uh, make sure that everybody knows about it. Thanks, Rachel, Rachel Linsky uh, is the coordinator for the Sustainable Cities campaign. And thank you so much for being on Dirt Radio. We will be back next week. For a- sure. And uh, this is the first of our two-part special. It's a faux perspective on some of the big environmental sustainability issues that will no doubt be front and centre all the way to the 19th, ni- to the 19- 2000. 2000- <laughs> Whoa. It's yeah, only the first day yeah, back, back, John. We'll back, be to, you. back to the future. Back to the future. 2018 Victorian state election, which I'm sure all of us will hear so much about in the next few months. Sure. Part, part, we'll- part two next week. Thanks to our guests, Lee Eubank from Act on Climate and Rachel Linsky from the Sustainable Cities Campaign.
0: And just before we go, John, I really wanted to give a shout out to the Seven Days of Resistance campaign that is going on at the moment. So if people are interested in finding out more about ways that they can um, engage in the conversation around Invasion Day, um, the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance have a fantastic program going. I think we're up to about day four or so now. So if you check out the hashtag Seven Days of Resistance or jump onto Facebook and um, search for the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance, find out how you can get involved, Um, take action, and join the conversation around uh, Invasion Day and Survival Day and um, changing and abolishing the date.
1: And we will be back next week. We're Dirt Radio. You can check us out at foe.org.au. That's our affiliate. We're affiliated with foe.org.au. And uh, we'll speak to you next week.